0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich
1: all day.
0: Hey, everybody, it's your fun little wizard here, Holden McNeely. And everybody knows that a wizard can't properly shoot a fireball at a dragon without a great feeling pair of underwear on. That's why today's episode is brought to you by Mac Weldon. And I'm telling you, Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. I'm giddy as a fucking school bruiser in anticipation of my own Mac Weldon order. The website itself was incredibly easy for me to navigate, and that's because Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable, so much so that if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they will still refund you. And check this crazy bullshit out. By using the promo code WIZARD, you can get 20% off everything on the site. That's right. Using the promo code WIZARD, you get 20% off. So please, shop Mac Weldon today. (laughs)
1: By Odin's beard, do you understand the adventure ahead of you? By Heimdall's mighty blade... Do you not understand the journey into mystery we are about to undertake?
0: Like by the beard or like you're... I don't even... What what do you mean by his beard? beard. By the beard of Odin! We are about to start a podcast episode! You know I can't grow a beard and you clearly have a fucking (laughs) crushing beard.
1: I have a red beard as is the beard of the mythological creature, the hero, the man, the demigod we know as Thor. Oh, shit, it's our Thor
0: episode, everybody. You know what happened? We saw the trailer for the new Thor movie, and we got really actually excited for once in our lives about Thor. So we said, hey, why don't we do... A Thor episode.
1: Now, here's the thing about Thor: is uh, it's a very long journey from space opera, mythic quest beyond time, mm. to his humble origins. A because... journey
0: into mystery, one might
1: say. <laughs> because uh, if you want, nailed wanna... it. You you nailed it so hard, bro. <laughs> uh, I am the wizard, Jake Young. I'm the Bruiser, Holden McNeely. And uh, to get, you know what? It's it's more than just a hammer. It's more than just a pointy helmet. It's more than just weird circles on his like sleeveless shirt that. Yeah. Don't have any purpose It's also that cool red cape And just the look in general And the lightning and stuff The lightning is a really good Is a good Is a good Good thing
0: It's a good Good for sure It's also that he's He's you know Very different from like I don't know Say like these other Like lame human Superheroes like Iron Man Or whatever Because he's like Oh I don't know A god A literal god An (laughs) actual straight up god Which is kind of a crazy thing For especially back in the day Where you were mostly dealing With a bunch of mad scientists With uh Iron Man And Hulk and everybody They were all just like Real actual normal dudes Who sort of uh, Through a sci-fi way Ended up becoming Some kind of a superhuman um, Or have super abilities
1: Like there's so many Stoner like nerds out there That always just want to get Like real baked On those hot knives I think Mm -hmm. that's You know the hot knives Oh
0: I know the hot (laughs) knives Jake you know for a fact I have a marijuana Addiction problem All right, Call your family They're worried about you (laughs) I will I will
1: But like everyone's just like Yeah man you know like the superhero Is like the modern god like, No in the 1960s they literally Were just like we're gonna make a god (laughs) a (laughs) superhero
0: Yeah Stan Lee says How do you make someone stronger Than the strongest person also fuck it C-c-c-crossover Stan Lee episode I finally came to me don't make him human. Make him a god. I decided readers were already pretty familiar with the Greek and Roman gods. Oh, I should do it more like him, right? So, uh, it might be fun to delve into the old Norse legends. That's not how he talks? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's, not a, a, he's not a... Besides, <laughs> I pictured Norse gods looking like Vikings of old, with the flowing beards, horned helmets, and battle clubs. I can't Gen- tell if you're offending Jews or Italians. <laughs> Jenny into the Mystery News a shot in the arm, so I pick Thor. The the book. After writing an outline depicting the story <laughs> of the characters I had in mind, I asked my brother Larry to write the script because I didn't have time. And it was only natural for me to assign the penciling to Jack Kirby.
1: Why is Stan Lee Fran Drescher now? no, I tried to be- <laughs> The Flashy Girlfriend Flushing. The, the name Stan. Uh, that's, uh, that's, actually, that's probably where I came from.
0: Well, it's funny, of course, and then Jack Kirby starts his next thing with um with uh, uh, pretty much saying like he created Thor.
1: And okay, this is about. where things This is uh, this is gonna happen forever whenever we talk about an old uh Marvel character that both Stanley and Jack Kirby were involved with. C-c-c- crossover I, it's fucking old old men, one of them dead and and characters that are worth billions of dollars is uh journey into mystery was uh, this anthology comic there's a lot of anthology comics back in the day basically think of the comic book version of the twilight zone one-off stories and like kind of trial runs of characters and premises uh, the 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 alien beasts of galgaborth like you know it's it's or uh, the mad scientist that made shoes gloves like everything it's <laughs> when you think of pulp sci-fi comics Journey into Mystery was one of those. And um, that's where they unveiled uh, the idea for Thor. And uh, like you mentioned, Stanley wanted to create a character that was even stronger than the Hulk because after creating characters like Daredevil and working with characters like Captain America, fucking kids love destruction. Yeah. Kids love big muscles and big explosions. Well, especially, um, I think it's also just so. American
0: To be like, <laughs> how, what can we make a bigger, stronger man than the big, mean, green man? I want a bigger, stronger, and we've got to make the muscles bigger. It's just like a very, an American ideal of like, how do we push the limit on pure power?
1: Now the official story, like you were describing, we're gonna we're gonna blow this out of the water like right away. Yeah. Uh, the official story that, you, like, the Wikipedia version of the story is that uh, Stanley worked with Jack Kirby and his brother Larry Lieber, mm. and they uh, created this fun novel uh, Thor superhero. This unique idea of using a Norse god because the Greek and Roman gods were a little played out, and like you know, together they created this timeless character Thor. But. Jack Kirby had been drawing Thor for decades before that. Jack Kirby says I did a version of
0: Thor for DC in the 50s before I did him for Marvel. I created Thor at Marvel because I was forever enamored of le- enamored of legends which is why I drew, uh, I knew about Balder, Heimdall, and Odin. I tried to update Thor and put him into a superhero costume but he was still Thor and I knew the Thor legends very well but I wanted to modernize them. I felt that might be a new thing for comics. Taking the old legends and modernizing them
1: I'm going to show you something right now this is uh, on my tablet I brought up a uh, issue of a comic from the 1950s published from DC called Tales of the Unexpected huh. another anthology series I'm looking at
0: the comic book right now on Jake's tablet he is uh,
1: He. I'm sure he acquired it illegally uh, remember, kids, only only don't copy that floppy. Um, <laughs> would you steal a car, you little brats? <laughs> I would steal a copy of a comic book from the 1950s that I would otherwise have no access to. <laughs> Look at this story from the 1950s from Jack Kirby, published by DC. What is the title? The Magic Hammer. And what do you see in the first issue? It's a uh, man finding an ancient stone hammer with a leather strap and a loop throwing it. And uh, what happens when he throws the hammer? It goes... Kahoo! And uh, <laughs> it makes a big noise. It makes a big noise. Oh, my God. No, please work. Please work. Why are you working? <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, what a crappy tab. You got to get the good, better tablet. Buy an iPad Pro, they said. <laughs> I'll be fine, they said. <laughs> Literally, it froze. I hate my life. <laughs> the point is this story called <laughs> The Magic Hammer in Tales of the Unexpected had uh, Thor's hammer. It had the premise of it creating lightning and thunder by will of the user. It then later introduces Thor himself coming down to Earth to retrieve the hammer... And Thor has dumb circles on his chest, has a pointy nose. Those helmet. are breasts. Jake.
0: <laughs> I hate it when you call women's breasts dumb circles.
1: Ooh, well, we'll get into that.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll get there's guys, something there with spoiler that. Spoiler
1: alert. I found a Thor boob connection.
0: Guys, spoiler alert. I'm actually like physically afraid of Jake right now.
1: I've done I really <laughs> liked researching this episode.
0: Yeah, I did too, by the way. I did too. This is kind of like the Wonder Woman episode. There's always you you look at these things and you're like, oh, they, they've just kind of always existed, and yada yada yada, but actually, you know. Know, there's a really fascinating ins and outs to it so
1: basically in the 1950s in this dc comic jack kirby has laid out so much of like the power set and abilities and visual design of thor before stanley even like talked to him about creating a new character mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of merit to the idea that jack kirby did a lot of the legwork and that you know stan the man always trying to build this you know uh, kind of hype machine around the marvel brand kind of builds himself up as the master of ceremonies, which worked like Marvel wouldn't be Marvel without Stanley doing all that shit. But to treat again, always never treat him as like the single Godhead of all modern comics. It was a lot of collaboration of course. always. And the fact that Jack Kirby died penniless and bitter and suing everyone in sight, you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, (laughs) Is that fine? (laughs) It's not, it's, it's, it's tragic. Uh, (laughs) So, Jack Kirby does have this deep love of mythology. He had uh, tons of books about Norse mythology. The the kind of authenticity of Thor comes from him. But as we get into the origin story, you can see Stanley's influence get in there uh, with it the, with his alter ego. Uh, but I'm uh, you found Journey into Mystery number eighty three, the origin of Thor, yes. and uh, what happens in that?
0: Okay, so. Uh, this is
1: 1962
0: There is a man Walking through Where the hell is he He's just Norway. in Norway he's, he's in a, Norway On a vacation Right just, and When he has You a know cane. when
1: you When you're a When you're a lame You know Bum leg Yeah he's blood. got He's got a bum leg He's alone In the, <laughs> in the, in the in
0: woods the of woods Norway of Norway <laughs> uh, Of for, a foreign land uh, Walking around with a cane And a spaceship lands And a bunch of Big stone moon men Come <laughs> out And they are really good They're like What is this plant I can lift this plant And they re Rips a tree out of the ground, and then um, everyone's freaking out. Uh, From from
1: like issue, like the first page of the story of Thor is not about Thor; it's about the Rockmen of Saturn. Yeah, this
0: bizarre. (laughs) The rock, exactly. The Rockmen of Saturn. They uh, he finds a, a cave. That he's able to open up with like a weird, uh, by finding a secret latch to this stone. So the stone opens up and he walks in and he finds a hammer. And on the hammer it says, essentially, whoever picks this up straight up if be, he is be worthy, thor Oh, if he if he be worthy. That is, is the
1: most important sentence on all of hammer inscriptions.
0: <laughs> is Thor. So he picks up the hammer and he's like, I am now strong man now. <laughs> and he can uh, lift boulders and do everything he wants. And then he just straight up goes and kicks some big stone moon man ass. Yeah. I, did I skip any beats? Was there an important. Uh, the uh,
1: moon men scare off the U.S. Air Force by summoning a dragon hologram by, for no reason? Yes,
0: becoming a, making their spaceship look like a dragon <laughs> for no reason because a spaceship would be scary You're, enough. <laughs> There's no You don't need to show them And they're just like These humans will believe anything I'm like yeah Well you showed presented them A very realistic dragon And they definitely believe That the spaceship is real And that's real uh,
1: the, t- the Marvel method As we understand it Where like Jack Kirby Or Steve Ditko Or any of the artists Would actually lay out the story And then just Stanley Or a, one of his writing assistants Would come in And fill in the word balloons later yeah. it, Like it reveals itself yeah. So much oh, in these God. early comics Absolutely
0: Well it was a lot of Talking out Loud like there's no reason to use Speaking balloons when They should be thought balloons mm-hmm. so a lot Of times it's just like I see that man Those moon men are coming towards me I look Over at I look at that rock I bet I could Pick up that rock but he's just like <laughs> saying it aloud To himself. oh no
1: I have stepped on a tree branch <laughs> Yes
0: exactly it's just very like f- Clinical and in uh, it's in it's uh, In it's writing
1: the first like two Of the things that really surprised me about Reading the original origin story Is a uh, number one Donald Blake The the bum-legged doctor man Is the real identity of Thor. Yes. It is. It is. Donald Blake is an American doctor with a bum leg who like picked up the hammer is like, wowie zowie. I have the powers of what was that guy's name again? I think it was Thor. Right. If I like all of all of it is couched in the if I remember my grade school mythology class correctly, I think he could control lightning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it was actually like the way we know Thor now Mm. is completely different. Definitely from the origin. Uh, Holy. But and they did remove the alter ego at a
1: point in time It is insane what how Donald Blake operated yeah and yeah uh, well, like,
0: it makes no sense in itself because he says, "Oh, when I don't have the hammer in my hand, I'm not Thor." And then in the very next panel, he throw. He's like, "Oh, I remember now. Thor could throw his hammer and it would come right back to him." But it's like, then wouldn't he throw the hammer, become no, Donald Blake, no, and then is, catch the hammer again and become Thor
1: again? This is the second thing. This is the second bonkers thing about the original version of Thor. Is there's so many fucking rules about yeah. being Thor? Yeah. I think it was like about Stanley trying to like, you know, couch the power level because I mean, Thor was a- oh definitely that. Uh so uh well and his need to make it's like every every
0: superhero's got to be a real man and you know and like people want people need to relate to the real
1: people of the world, you know. So uh Donald Blake uh had had this old cane that he had to smack it on the ground. He had to physically it's he had to physically smack it on the ground to become Thor. Uh- <laughs> He had to, uh, if he wanted to use storm powers or, like, create rain or lightning or wind, he had to tap the hammer three times. Mm. If he wanted to stop the weather, he had to tap it two times. And if he wanted to turn back into Donald Blake, he had to tap it one time. But if he lets go of the hammer for more than 60 seconds, that is key. He has a minute of Thor time without the hammer. He also turns back. Ah, uh, and, like, all, all of these rules. So much, all hinging
0: on the one part of the story that sucks anyways, yeah. that <laughs> he has an alter ego. Like, all you have to do is get rid of the alter ego part and just be like, no, it's the god Thor. He was sent to Earth because of his, his parents wanted to teach him a lesson. That's all you needed. But they yeah. don't
1: get to that part until, like, years later, years down the line. Uh, once Journey into Mystery turns into... Journey into Mystery featuring the mighty Thor And then like I think it just becomes Thor the Come.
0: Yeah Thor takes over Journey into Mystery Journey into Mystery was just initially like a Sci-fi series mainly Or actually no I'm sorry it was a horror Anthology at first actually then turned into Science fiction and giant monster stories In the late 1950s Journey into Mystery was running like Back when um back when Marvel Comics was Atlas Comics, mm-hmm. um, which before Atlas, it was Timely Comics. Uh, and so it was actually running for uh, well, it, 1952 to 1966 is Journey into Mysteries, uh timeline, essentially. That's crazy. It started in 52. And uh, just the fact that it, it, like, just Thor, I guess, did this issue of Thor blow... Knock the doors off the off of the. You yeah, know. the
1: the title was failing. People were buying superhero comics more than these sci fi anthologies. And
0: pe- and a bunch of kids picked up this issue of Journey and and like wrote a bunch of fan mail and essentially just got them to keep making more Thor.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, from the from the testimony of the old Jewish men that <laughs> control our entire childhood, that sounds more nefarious than it actually is. At least one of which
0: <laughs> is definitely pretty much a hundred percent lying
1: about what happened. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, he uh, Thor quickly became up there alongside Captain America, Spider Man. The, and the Hulk Actually Spider-Man kind of came into his own at around the same time Okay He was part of the explosion of Marvel books uh, it, The uh, Marvel animated 60s cartoon that we're all familiar with the, the jaunty theme songs I think Thor had like the best one This is uh, Super producer Meg Can you please Please play the Thor theme song
0: Across the rainbow oh. bridge of Asgard, Where
1: the, the booming heavens roar The god of thunder, mighty Thor.
0: I will say this about what I just saw and what I kind of r- realized what I dig about Thor is a lot of aesthetic, and it's a lot of what I feel like they're leaning harder into in the new movie coming out. Mm-hmm. It's actually very colorful. Yes. Like, the comic itself, it's like big bright, vibrant reds and blues and, and, um, rainbow, like, yellows, and it's, like, a very kind of just vibrant, colorful, beautiful-looking, and we'll get into it, too, with, um, what, some of, uh, Walt Simonson's stuff, especially, uh, the Thor versus the World Serpent, but there's just a very heavy, just, uh, leaning on big, explosive images that are, like, really just vibrant and awesome to look at.
1: Thor is the opposite of what people would call a, uh, Street level hero is that is mm-hmm. that is what I would say.
0: Well, so we talk about a little bit about Thor mythology first. We kind of skipped over some of that. Some of which I was delightful, deli- uh, was happily surprised to see what was in that initial issue. Like when he's like, He's the reason why we have Thursday Oh yeah Like in that initial issue Like it's like here kids Here's a few lessons to learn about Thor So yes Thursday comes from Thor Thor's day Um, You know
1: Wednesday is uh, for Woden Which is another way of saying Odin
0: Ah Basically
1: the early Europeans Did not like the Roman calendar that much And were very eager to say No fuck you This ain't Jupiter day This is fucking Thor day
0: One thing I wish that they had kept in the comic books He had a chariot to travel across the sky And it was drawn
1: by two giant goats Oh that shows up uh, a lot in the modern comics Oh okay cool Toothnasher I think is the name of one of them Super producer Megan Could you please look up the names of
0: Thor's goats Of course uh, uh, his father's Odin um, And Fjord Morgan is the earth goddess that is his uh, mother. He was a storm weather god of sky and thunder, but also a fertility god. <laughs> he was also a f- fertility god.
1: Uh, according to the Thor's Goats article, uh, <laughs> Thor's Goats are, uh, in Old Norse, teeth bearer or snarler and uh, teeth grinder or tooth gnasher. Well,
0: well, but they, what are the actual names? You have to say those
1: words. <laughs> and Tannagnostur. <laughs>
0: um... So, yeah, he was also a fertility god. I don't know if they use that at all, um, but especially, like... For oh, Thor fucks. Thor fucks hard, right? Big and hard, and that's why Chris Hemsworth, of course, is, you know, uh, the helm. Um uh, and uh, yeah in, in, in mythology He had a red beard And eyes With an insatiable appetite And uh, th- it was very thick In the head And I think they kind of Still keep that He's very stubborn He's very like mm-hmm. um, uh, Thick headed not, He's not like Stupid stupid though But only he's only stupid In a in, I feel like in the modern films And everything In a like Fish out of water way yeah. Kind of like you see Wonder Woman no, being No he
1: is a warrior Yeah He is He is a and he, Like from Hercules To Samson Like if you need A big strong guy That's why his his enemy is always loki the trickster that always outwits him yes uh in the journey into mystery loki's origin story is fucking dumb yeah uh this is literally what happens is uh first page he's stuck in a tree uh loki has been stuck in a tree for centuries and uh the only way he can escape is if anyone were to weep for his plight but because he's uh evil nobody ever did but Heimdall walks by the evil tree for some re- whatever reason, and Loki manages to use all of his willpower to shake a single leaf off of the tree and get it into Heimdall's eyes so that it gets irritated and he sheds tears. <laughs> and that's what frees Loki. Huh. <laughs> uh... Honestly, I think it's Journey into Mystery number 86 is the original Loki, and it is one of the dumbest comics I've ever read in my (laughs) entire life. At a certain point, he manages to hypnotize Thor by making him spin his hammer in the sun, creating a strobe effect. Gotcha. Also, early weakness of Loki, uh, he loses his magic powers if he gets wet. Ah. (laughs) It's all this shit that they just threw out the window so they could just have more rocking god adventures. That's so
0: funny. It's just Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like early comics were full of weird rules like that because they just... They would ra- like they, they would do anything to tell a very specific type of story. So they just making rules up on the spot, just so that they could tell whatever story it is they had in mind, without even making the slightest effort to like creatively think of ways around <laughs> plot holes. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Kirby and Lee leave the title uh, in around 1970. Uh, John Bushima became the regular artist with uh, Gary Conway, Lee Ween, and Roy Thomas. Uh, writing it, Roy Thomas put a lot of uh, I, I feel like every time I read a different section it would be like, well, and this writer put a lot more of the mythology in it. I'm like, I think they they're like always putting a lot more. I feel like they deviate from the mythology and then somebody comes in and it's like, no, we're gonna make this more about the mythology and like get really like into it. It's but-
1: this it's the entire story of Thor across the decades has been pushing the fucking acid trip, heavy metal cover. Like shit harder and harder and harder Until it becomes so obtuse And so just like you need to be on acid To even remotely understand the lore at that point Yeah, That someone's like alright let's roll it Now he lives in Pittsburgh (laughs) (laughs) Alright now he lives Ah. Uh, I mean in recent years uh, You know they did like a whole like Ragnar uh, not recent, I guess. I'm old. Whatever. Uh, the J. Michael Straczynski run, uh, after this giant, epic, like, Ragnarok, Death of the God story, they gave it to J. Michael Str- Straczynski, and he just dropped uh, Asgard in the middle of Oklahoma. And, like, uh, the modern run by Jason Aaron is, like, super mythic, and... Uh, and and eventually they kind of like wrapped up asgard with the marvel cosmic universe which uh-huh. is where like uh you know the thor ra- you know around what time period
0: is this is this still is this late 60s early 70s or wait where are you
1: um i'm just i'm just doing an overall tent of like how yeah. thor vacillates between like all this power and yet i still can't help those on the streets of pittsburgh right, so i got to get back to pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh Seriously at least twice in Thor canon He has to reforge his own hammer By going to Pittsburgh Ironworks (laughs) Um, Then they like Blast him all the way out Where he's like literally fighting celestials
0: uh huh. Like,
1: it's these are the two fucking settings on Thor's world. Well,
0: well, yeah, it's Asgard and Earth, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's God world and Earth world. And we even get that with the comic books, where I think the second, I, okay, and I have to admit, and we'll get to the movies more, I feel like later, but the second movie's like all in the God world, right? Or no?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, he's out in space. He's yeah. like fighting, you know, in cosmic As- elders and in Asgard or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's like you get these options with Thor. You either can tell the fish out of water on-Earth story, dealing with humans and dealing with Captain America and dealing with, you know, like, whatever evil villains You've you can come have made the with. dogs
1: so much smaller here. You can't kill any giants with these things.
0: Or you can go to this colorful, vibrant, crazy-ass uh, Lord God world, Asgard, and just, like, weave a bunch of crazy, you know, other worlds. The demons of, of Hela
1: march on the bridge <laughs> of Gyalayan! <laughs> right, so... Bring forth the... Bifrost of Jörgen <laughs>
0: I think for writers, it's it's a really like fertile. Speaking of being the guy, the fertility, like fertile <laughs> ground where you can really kind of tell, weave whatever story you want to, mm-hmm. um, with with all of those options. You can you can move Thor anywhere you want and let him just kind of like do his thing where, wherever you'd like it to happen.
1: Uh, yeah. So. Thor basically just kind of petered along He was a member of the Avengers He uh, yep. had, you know, villains founding like, member uh, You know, a good cast of villains Like Loki, uh, the Wrecker Which is, you know, the guy with the purple hood And the big crowbar Yes uh,
0: Is Hela in this yet? Or yeah, is yeah,
1: Hela's in there She's the goddess of death Yes um, uh, and uh, uh, there's some real ugly guy Named like Magnog or something uh, The Executioner, the Destroyer uh, Basically so many of the Avengers enemies list Are Thor enemies Just because they're the only ones That can like step up to that level of power Right, right Mangog
0: Mangog,
1: Yeah. L- hold on, get a photo of this weirdo Get a, f- look at this weirdo Oh my
0: god, that's
1: awesome He's 90% face <laughs> Yeah, he's
0: all face That's sweet <laughs> Man, um, he's crazy looking. He
1: uh, he was powered by the hatred of a billion billion souls.
0: So from what I've gleaned, though, uh, from my research, it's really when Walt Simonson steps in to take over from eighty three to eighty seven when Thor really gets like his best story arcs and everything. I could be wrong.
1: No, that is the Simonson run is legendary. Uh, I've if-
0: heard. I even read one person say like this may be the best run in comic books. Uh,
1: it's it's I mm. it's definitely up there. It's, I like it, as a modern human being, I would much rather read like Jason Aaron's run on Thor nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the unworthy uh Odin son and like uh, female Thor and all I love that. that you said, as a modern man, no, it's true because like the the <laughs> uh Simonson's like storytelling, his artwork is amazing. Uh, you know, he wrote and drew each issue. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. He and and it seems like he did things at the time that were incredibly innovative. And yes. Sort of. I mean, let's can we we got to talk about Beta Ray Bill?
1: Here we. Go. (laughs) All right, so uh,
0: actually, before we do that, I want to just give, because I did like just kind of reading about, uh, uh, saying a a few things about him, uh, his early life. He was born in 1946, Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, His first comic books were uh, Walt Disney's Comics and Stories, but very quickly, he turned to Marvel Comics and specifically Thor. So this is actually the story of a person. I feel like a lot of times people you know like Frank Miller like acquired Daredevil and did something really cool with it but this was a guy that was like into Thor from like fucking you know his high school college days like he was ready for Thor when he got Thor like it wasn't just like he just happened to be a great comic book writer that got this entity and then just just turned it around um, he went to right Island the school of design uh, he created a uh, his thesis project was a 50 page black and white book called Star Slammers which I would love to read <laughs> <laughs> it was his it was kind of his um his portfolio piece he sort of took that around to marvel um in different places and when he was working at marvel he uh his big gr- uh, actually, he worked for DC for a while, and actually got his big break at DC. Rather, um, he so t- he took sl- Star Slammers there, and just ended up like walking into a room with all the big illustrators at the time, and just like showed them Star Slammers, and they were like, "Oh, we got to get you on." And he got on like five jobs by walking into a break room and just showing a portfolio yeah. to these illustrators. He uh, ended up also working on uh, a run for an adaptation on uh, on the film Alien c- 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 crossover, uh, which was published in Heavy Metal. Also. Kind of a c- c- crossover. If um, we keep
1: doing this, every episode is going gonna to be a crazy. crossover. It's going to
0: get at, just literally going to be saying it every other time. But then his first job for Marvel is on the Raging Hulk, um, and the uh, he also did the uh, Battlestar Galactica series. And then he acquires Thor in 1983. And one of his first orders of business, the thing we were bitching about earlier in this episode, he gets rid of the alter ego Doctor Don plate
1: Yeah, it's they. I I can't tell it. The idea was, no, no, Don Blake was never, like, an actual human being. He was, like, a false body that Odin just banished Thor into and erased his memory so he could learn humility.
0: And he just got, and again, he, like, leaned hard into the mythology stuff, but he just got really playful with with the title. I mean, the big one that is just huge like memorable for all of Thor is that he turned Thor into a frog for three issues and mm-hmm. then Thor becomes a, a, like a, a frog Thor, the frog becomes a frog Thor and mm-hmm. he's got like the hammer and everything and it's kind of awesome um, and he also introduces a character called Beta Ray Bill
1: now one of the most uh, so uh, the story of Beta Ray Bill People Horse Thor People just yes. if, you, if you're if you trying to think well, Who's Beta Ray Bill He is the weird Horse skulled Orange alien With three fingers And uh, the story is uh, One day Nick Fury uh, Finds Donald Blake On the side of the road And is like Hey, listen, I know you're fucking Thor. Listen, uh, we need you to go into space because a giant spaceship is hurling towards Earth and we don't know why. Uh So Thor uses his magic powers to just zoop to where the spaceship is and immediately uh, he starts getting fired upon and he runs into the spaceship for cover and a giant horse-faced alien just starts beating the shit out of him. (laughs) He just starts beating the ever-loving shit out of him. They're going blow for blow. And is he in the horse... I mean, the Thor costume. Here, so here's oh, yeah. what happens. Here's what happens. Uh, this is a dumb thing that, like, even into the 80s still happened. Uh, during the brawl, uh, Thor gets his hammer struck on the ground, and that turns him back into Donald Blake still. <laughs> that's That was, like, a huge caveat, is that villains tricked Thor or somehow managed to get Thor to hit the ground so that he was open for pot shots. Gotcha. Uh, and... Instead of like the the hammer being stuck on the ground because you know if he be only he if he be worthy uh, shall have the power of Thor, Beta Ray Bill picks up the hammer and becomes a badass fucking alien Thor. And uh, Odin Who's dealing with Some personal shit In Asgard Is like Thor we need you Come quick I can't quick. I can't look Whoever has the wing and helmet You're obviously Thor Oh, And transports him
0: And by the way Real quick just an aside Like no one has At this point To my knowledge Picked up Thor's hammer Besides
1: I don't Yeah I think it was It was It was absolutely a huge deal That this Ma- random asshole Just massive
0: picked Massive ass deal And it still kind of is But like other people Since have picked up Thor's hammer
1: Captain America, Captain America Obviously
0: Hulk did too right uh, At one point
1: There was like Like, if they were in space, it's a weird thing. Um,
0: But either way, this was like maybe the first time another mm -hmm. person or thing was able to wield that hammer.
1: And uh, so it turns out, it turns out that um, Beta Ray Bill is not from an, this is what a thing that people get wrong. Beta Ray Bill is not from an alien race of freaky horse-headed fuckos. (laughs) He was a normal-looking dude that was genetically engineered by the Corbinites, which is his actual race, normal-ass-looking Corbinites, uh, to be the protector of his people because they were getting obliterated by space demons. (laughs) And so because he was only fighting Thor, thinking that he was a demon, and he was deep in his heart sacrificing everything to save his people, the hammer chose him as worthy. Mm. And after a... uh, So once... He gets sent to Asgard, Thor and Beta Ray Bill have like a Colosseum based like competition over who is the most worthy to wield the hammer. And uh, it comes down to like a weird draw and Odin's like, ah, fuck it, I'll just make him a hammer called Stormbringer ah. and he'll be Space Horse Thor. Yeah. Which is, if you can just make more hammers, like why why even go through all <laughs> the trouble? Yeah. By the 90s, we'll have way too many Thors. <laughs> It'll be
0: like a Green Lantern situation.
1: Well, they did that in uh, Secret Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, the Thor. There was basically an entire army of Thors ah. in an alternate universe run by Doctor Doom. Comics are weird, guys.
0: <laughs> Comics and are weird. I mean, just the name Beta Ray Bill is such a weird, like kind of goofy-sounding name in a way, but kind of also badass at the same time. And a lot of it too is just that. The Beta Ray Bill starts off seemingly like this evil, weird alien shithead or or villain, but very quickly gets into the audience's good graces. Correct? Like, I mean, that's kind of a lot of what that the allure of that story is, right? That you actually end up really rooting for Beta Ray Bill.
1: You absolutely do. Uh, It's it's the fact, and like from this point on, like every single time Thor is down in the dumps, every single like it's such a it's it's almost like a wrestling thing. Like it's like it's, it's it feels like. Every time Thor is at his lowest or, like, it seems like all hope is lost. Out of nowhere. Fucking Beta Ray Bill out of nowhere. I bet y'all forgot about Horse Thor. Well, fucking Horse Thor is in the house and he's ready to kick ass. <laughs> um, so, like, he's just this honorable, cool friend. immensely Has all the powers of Thor and is, you know, just is just a badass warrior guy. It's awesome. Um, so
0: then there's also... Um, Thor versus the World Serpent. And this one got me like real, gave me a big hat. You
1: can, if you have to, if you need like a single issue, there's two single issue stories in Thor that, from the Simonson run, that you absolutely should take a look at.
0: Well, are you about to say Scourge's Last Stand?
1: Uh, Scourge's Last Stand is one of them, but you were talking about Thor eight uh, number 380, the World Serpent. Thor versus the World Serpent. Okay, what you have to understand is I feel like we're more used to
0: what this com single issue Of comics did but because Like in the 90s we Big spl- constant splash Pages was like such a thing I feel like especially Image did it a lot With like um, Savage Dragon I remember mm. reading that and that had a lot of Im- Like I feel like this had a lot of influence On that um, The
1: Ultimates in the uh, early uh-huh. 2000s The decompressed storylines like uh, big Moments by splash
0: pages I mean when it's Just like an entire page is One image with crazy action happening on the page this is thor versus a massive massive snake um he's like dwarfed in comparison and he gets nerfed right before the fight with like some shitty bone prop like uh, thing where he's like half of his like bone structure strength is gone
1: uh yeah there was a lengthy arc where thor had to go down to uh hell and uh retrieve like the lost souls of like earthly warriors which like in Simonson's mind like was a lot of Vietnam vets (laughs) Um, and uh, he was cursed and so he was uh, granted immortality but his body had no ability to heal itself so like he was every adventure left him more disfigured and more broken he has the beard now to cover up his scars and uh, as part of uh, as part of like a fun crossover Tony Stark helps Thor Build a cool multicolored Golden blue red armor set And so he's fighting the Midgard Serpent uh, I forgot how to say it In, in Norse but it's it's very Jargon Yeah um, uh, <laughs> uh, He's wearing this He looks so fucking badass And uh, he's kind of like just Pontificate he's like you know, because the while they're fighting, the giant snake is like goading him, and they're discussing like the role of fighting in, <laughs> in one's beliefs. Uh, but each, yeah, each and every page is its own giant splash page. Just awesome, and 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 if
0: it makes so much sense for the fight because the the monster he's fighting is fucking huge, mm-hmm. huge, like thor is incredibly dwarfed by the size of it so art um it's a really good example of of use you know taking making an artistic choice to really just uh push home what what the actual you know writing is here which is just like this this epic giant fight so we're not going to give you tiny panels we're going to make it as big as it, it should feel um and it's Absolutely just beautiful looking and intense and crazy and something that I think a lot of comics took note of, especially, I think, in the 90s um, and early 2000s.
1: And it also showcases Simonson's very mythical, grandiose language. There was Hmm. a lot of, like... Epic monologues, and it kind of like uh, it kind of switched Thor from like bumbling, like headstrong warrior to like noble, like I say thee nay, like <laughs> like, like badass in charge. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is a quote from the uh, from the from like the final f- last few pages as Thor is uh, rushing, you know, flying headlong into the mouth of the serpent, and just goes, "You said it yourself, Jormungand. The trouble with godhood is that it robs you of your finer judgment, and that." That is why we will never be the same. You are a mighty fighter, but in the end, you are only a selfish creature, while heroes, heroes have an infinite capacity for stupidity, and thus, legends are born! (laughs) Like, that's Thor yelling that in mid-flight. That is
0: awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. Look
1: at look how cool. It's look. so
0: cool, and it's again. I just have to uh, re- repeat how vibrant. Like the even the cover of the the versus the the world serpent issue is just so colorful and fucking eye catching and just and fun to look at. Um, and uh, uh, what what else? And then and then we got to talk about Scourge's last stand. I like read the final like couple of pages of it, and that's like the, got, I
1: mean that's where the money is, and
0: got like teary-eyed it was kind of amazing uh like
1: his speech at the
0: end is
1: yeah. a scourge's speech
0: Let, let's paint the picture here
1: scourge is a like mid-tier as guardian uh he started life in the stanley jack kirby days as a character called the executioner who had who wielded the blood axe <laughs> um but uh he uh was like just this weird dopey character that would always like fall throwaway
0: in... characters. The key too, yeah. just a throwaway ass character that was just kind of bar- like barely uh, a part of it of things.
1: And uh, as Thor was trying to escape from he- like from the same arc where he got cursed by hell, uh, trying to escape with all the souls of the um, of the of the earthly soldiers and warriors who were unjustly taken, uh, and the the demons of hell are like at their feet. And Scourge discovers that he was supporting Hela uh, Not out of his love for the Enchantress But it was a shapeshifter that was like Looking like the Enchantress just to fuck with him And get a, get him to stop Thor and, and so he was so mad and he just felt so defeated
0: And essentially the speech at the end And I'll butcher it maybe But but uh, he's just like everyone laughs at me And when everyone laughs at me I cry You know like it, it fucks me up and, uh, you know, you've been laughing at, like, and I think kind of calling the reader out too, like, oh, you just laugh at Scourge when you see him for a Scourge panel or spelled two.
1: spelled with a K. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And at the end he was like Well I'll have the last laugh And like I will defend this bridge And you guys go ahead It's my fucking time You know And it's this beautiful moment From a complete
1: Throwaway character Wielding dual M16 Dual
0: M16s <laughs> And not even shooting He's just hitting them In the head with them And it's still this like Fucking teary moment In this ridiculous comic book Yeah yeah It just goes to show The power of Walt Simonson's writing I mean absolutely amazing Um, And, and uh, yeah It was uh, it's really cool. I mean, he was able to really f- spin a yarn. Yeah, you know? I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. Walt Simonson, you know, there's always got to be those people who come in, take a property that's already exists, and they're like, "No, I know what to do with this thing. I'm going to make this incredible." You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, you know, there's some other stuff. Uh, Thor versus Hela, the goddess of death, is is uh, uh, apparently a memorable arc of his. I didn't really get around to
1: Surtur. Is uh, hmm. the big bad of this arc He builds a, He spends a lot of time Building up to this character So he keeps Is that the
0: one that he keeps Cutting back Like Doom In a different part of the world So And he was again One of the first guys To ever do this Where The story the Different comic books Would be dealing with Different fights That Thor was having Experiences Thor was having But then Every now and again it would just kind of cut to this unknown evil entity and just be like, meanwhile, on a different part of the galaxy, and it's just like doom, uh, and he's just like forming an, uh, uh, an army and b- making weapons. The and-
1: demons that Beta, Beta Ray Bill was protecting his people from were mm. part of Surtur's army. Ah, and gotcha. so like, uh, also in a lot of those early teasers, there's like Surtur. Uh, just like hammering planets on a giant anvil which yeah. makes it's very silly to think yeah. about a giant anvil
0: <laughs> i love that too just always cutting to just this villain getting ready is mm-hmm. always such a hilarious like wonderful trope but in this i mean it must have been made people crazy i mean what a smart way to get people to keep picking up issues because they're like not even even if they don't care about whatever's happening in that issue the bulk of which they just like i gotta know more about this crazy what is this crazy guy why is he building planets and uh you know building up the idea that it's like i know we throw a bunch of villains at you but
1: this one (laughs) this one is gonna be different you know um yeah the, the simonson run is like just look up like the best thor stories and you will find the same issues that we found
0: yeah i mean you're really if you look exactly and it's literally all walt simonson stories like if you look up just like best Mm -hmm. You know issues of Thor Like it'll at least be 70% Walt Simon uh, uh, Story arcs and single issues
1: Um, There's uh, By the end of the 80s and the 90s Thor gets a little confused Now
0: I need help with this Jay Because this is the spottiest part of my uh, research here And of my understanding What the fuck happens I mean essentially There's the Heroes Reborn thing Separate from the TV show That Henry Zabrowski was on Where uh, <laughs> he They all had to like Go away Like Thor had to go away Right Thor had to like Leave the picture Essentially for a while yeah, which it, sounds like they just didn't know what to do with him, so a they lot just of, shove them off to the side. There's
1: a lot of times where they'll just shove Thor to the side because, like, it's because it, once his lore is built up so much and his cast of godly characters that are actively involved in the day to day issues of like the cosmic universe and the Earth, like, advent, like it's it gets to be too much. You can't have that many gods running around.
0: And, and I think at the same time, though, it's a sign of the times thing. Yeah. Like, if if the, you know, Thor is a very specific thing. He's really pure. He's He's like we said, the color is very vibrant. It's like it doesn't work during certain time periods.
1: During the darker ages of uh, the 90s, uh, yeah. they, they replaced Thor uh, with a guy named Eric Masterson, uh, who was this like architect, kind of like working Joe kind of guy. Uh, he was like a little bit crasser, a little bit cooler. Uh, they immediately tossed him to the side because nobody liked him. Uh, but then he became. Uh, but again, they were like, "Fuck it, give him his own hammer." And he got to. And he uh, was Thunderstrike, which was Thor with a leather vest.
0: <laughs> By the way, I love how they give very un Norse sounding names. When Thor's hammer is Mjolnir, mm-hmm. and everybody else is just like
1: big hammer. Well, <laughs> uh oh you mean Stormbringer? Uh, yeah <laughs> weird side note, uh Larry Lieber as the early uh uh-huh. co-writer of the Marvel books originally called his hammer the Uru hammer uh because he thought it sounded cool and was yep, that's Oh
0: my god. Thunderstrike. Ew. Thor in a leather vest. In a leather vest trying to look like a badass 90s character <laughs> that is awful. It's <laughs> like Thor the Punisher version. Um Ew.
1: They uh uh, what, oh, what, what did I get lost on He
0: was Oh fuck uh, With the names of the hammers oh, Lieber
1: Yeah yeah So he called it the Uru hammer Because he thought it was easy On the letterers And it wasn't until like Decades later That they're like D- You know his hammer's Called Mjolnir right It's like Yeah 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 It's called Mjolnir But it's made out of Uru <laughs> And that's where the idea Of like the mythic uh, Material of Uru Came from ah. Um then they introduced a character named Dargo Kator, who was the Thor of the future. Where Alright where are we now we're in the 90s we're now? We're in the 90s okay. uh, Dargo Kator was like another attempt to make Thor look cooler. Is that Dracula backwards?
0: crossover
1: He's dumb. He's got like spikes and like he's got feathered like rocker hair. Absolutely as um, one does. Yeah there we oh go. Oh my god he's a hairband <laughs> He's a
0: hairband Thor <laughs> Oh my god. Rock? Dude that is straight up. A, he's got like the metal spikes on his shoulders and he doesn't got leather gloves and he has like a torso open torso like under his vest you can see his like uh oh Dar- my
1: god oh
0: my god which
1: then because they had so many goddamn thors running around they made their own book in which uh eric masterson thunderstrike uh normal thor odinson son Ray bill they called it f- full house <laughs>
0: Too many Thors. This is, a, this is a TGIF sitcom. Too many Thors. Too many Thors in my life. Every day you gotta wake up and say, grab a cup of coffee, today's the day. Too many Thors in my life. Too
1: many Thors in my life. A Miller Boyette production. Um, No, they called themselves the Thor Corps. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and it's well,
0: That's really actually great for uh, writers. Thor Corps, more like Thor bore for uh, any reviewers out there there they, they were just like there's so Call, many things I could do with this Guts?
1: you know what fuck it let's start the way way back machine and just send oh a letter to wizard magazine I'm so afraid to do that you know what Actually, no I put more protections in place we will suppress its individuality I like to go back in two time to send messages to wizard magazine <laughs> Oh, oh my god Um Wow
0: they're, Okay so I'm sorry We're all looking at a picture Of actual Thor Um Punisher Thor Hairband <laughs> Thor And Horse good Thor old Horse Thor uh, Hanging out together And Horse Thor Is actually the most Normal looking Of the bunch <laughs> Um Yeah that is That is pretty magical That is pretty magical
1: Um there was also the weird like uh late nineties costume where he had like just leather bands everywhere and like a big red gem. That was like around onslaught, okay. nobody liked that. Yeah. Um the ultimate and uh and yeah, Heroes Reborn, like they kept just working with him and just not understanding what to do. Eventually, like, uh, there was a big Ragnarok story. Uh, there was Thor disassembled. So
0: you have to understand in uh, Norse mythology, it claimed that Thor, along with most of the gods, will eventually die during a final disaster. It is said that during the end of the world, known as Ragnarok, In Norse mythology Thor will fight against The world serpent And uh, He will take
1: nine steps And succumb to the poison Ooh So anyways uh,
0: That's what Ragnarok means I always knew it As the ship From Final Fantasy VIII (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And I, I can't Now my timeline is off but uh, you know, there's been so many Marvel reboots and re like uh, rehashes. It
0: seems like until the the film franchise, they from Walt Simonson's run until the film franchise, they kind of didn't know what to do with him. There was some gleaming moments in the early 2000s. It seems mm-hmm. that they had some fun, kind of darker edged. Thor stories. Uh,
1: the J. Michael Straczynski run. That's the
0: Thank you. Is
1: uh, where they dropped him in the middle of uh, Oklahoma. That's where a lot of like the early fish out of water, small town Thor stuff that they used in the early movie came from.
0: Gotcha. Um, and so they had some highlights, but for the most part, after Simonson, until chris hemsworth thor uh they were kind of f- trying to figure out what to do with them, and i remember personally oh yeah we didn't even get into the personal relationship stuff well for me personally i don't have a ton of personal relationship stuff is i was like ghost rider hell yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. so that's quite a contrast from what thor's all about so i was never a big thor person I'm like he's just a god i mean he's a god guy Can do anything you know what i'm saying i wanted like chains and flaming skulls and stuff that was like what i was into at the time right but um I will say uh, that I did enjoy uh, the films. Uh, I enjoyed the first film, and we're about to get into that pretty soon, I think. And that's really kind of a lot of my... Deal with Thor. In fact, um, this again, like so many episodes, and what I hope this does for the
1: listeners at home. We didn't get into when they made Loki a hot chick.
0: They didn't. We didn't get into. Let's get into that. I was. I mean, no.
1: I don't. All I remember is that, like, I remember picking up. I remember going to the newsstand and being like, "Check out the new Loki," and they're just va va boom. That's a good. It's a good tactic. And then there was, game. like, a lot of weird gay panic because, like, Loki would always be like, does this form disturb you, brother? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what I loved about the Thor in the films is there's a lot of really fun humor that can be found in a god dealing with humans, uh, you know, a, a thick-headed god dealing with humans. There's sexy Loki. Uh, and, and also the relationship between Thor and Loki is really a wonderful storytelling just... Uh, Palette to work with. (laughs) Um,
1: I mean, um, the fact that they got Kenneth Branagh to like—I
0: had no idea that they they had that they got that Kenneth Branagh directed that. I'm actually like a big Kenneth Branagh fan from my Shakespeare nerd days, and uh, loved his Hamlet. Like, loved his Hamlet. He directed and stars in a Hamlet that is fucking incredible his to be or not to be speech he does it in a room filled with mirrors and it's a it's amazing the way that he he is this Old school And it, it, and then as I was looking I was like This is crazy How did this end up happening And then I thought about it I was like This makes so much sense Because you have The one Marvel entity That is based on like A, a classic re, uh, You know mytho- Mythology And so get a guy That's steeped in Classic works of theater It makes tons it's, of sense to it's me It's
1: not even that It's literally Shakespeare Because yeah. we go into How Stan Lee Was like an English major He was like He didn't know any Like Jack Kirby Was the guy that actually Like had this ideal Of like mythology and gods Stan just knew Shakespeare which is why when you go to Asgard There's the warriors three and like all, Everyone's talking in ye and Like thou which it, you know that's not how Vikings talk that's how Shakespeare talks. Uh, even even the character Volstagg Which actually just uh, He's now the wharf there's, there's actually too many Thors right now they're kind of repeating the mistakes Of the past Volstagg is Literally just Falstaff yeah he's literally Just Falstaff a big fat guy that's Like a coward and loves eating So now we're in the
0: movie, right? 2011... Uh, yeah, yeah. So on Kenneth Branagh, my, J. Michael Straczynski even uh, uh, said this: Thor uh, about Kenneth Branagh. Thor at his best has always been a, cl- a classic. Had a classic bent in terms of his history, the way he speaks, and the often Shakespearean dramas that surround him. That kind of dialogue and character needs someone who comes from a classically trained background in order to for it to not sound forced or artificial. Branagh is the perfect choice, and I have I have to agree with that. I have a really hard time watching Shakespeare works. Um, most of the most renditions of Shakespeare are absolute garbage, but um, I love the way he handles the text, and therefore, again, perfect choice to direct uh, this movie. But you know, it, also
1: the casting of Tom Hiddleston as Loki was
0: like so good, and they had worked together before, so of course, uh. and he was actually Tom Hiddleston read for Thor, um, and ended up uh, with Chris Hemsworth the first time Chris Hemsworth read for Thor. Chris Hemsworth actually didn't get the part, and then they brought him back in, and he got it a second time so he actually almost didn't get the part Liam Hemsworth his brother also read for the part didn't get it um but it ba- actually man this this movie originally all right let's 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 take the let's Sneak around the wayway bag machine and just maybe like go there ourselves, but let's Is s-
1: someone there. <laughs> no, feed no, me humans. Fine. No, no, we can't do that. Who now. wants we to go on a that. magical adventure for flesh? It just doesn't sound magical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sam Raimi actually first developed the cons uh, uh, the concept of a film adaptation in '91 with Stan Lee. That ended up uh, being left in development hell. Then there was a Thor TV show that was in talks for the UPN. Thank God that didn't happen. Oh, was that the same Thank- era
1: as the Fantastic Four and Iron Man? Probably. Yeah. Oh, those were not Thank great.
0: Think Odin's beard—that didn't happen. And then it passes from to Artists Entertainment to Sony Pictures, then to Paramount. Um, it was originally uh, uh, th- the scripts were passed around all over the place. Benicio del Toro was going to direct at some point, and really the thing that that pushed Wait, Thor. Benicio
1: or Guillermo? Uh, I th- oh shit! I think it was, one is a great idea, and the other is a really is a weird. horrible <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, uh, fuck. I didn't even think about that. There's two Del Toro's, anyways. um, (laughs) Too many Toros. (laughs) Too many of the Toros. Uh, But uh, at the end of the day, uh, Kent Brown ended up getting it. Really, what accelerated the movie into getting actually made was uh, it was Benicio del Toro, right? Yeah, it was Benicio del Toro, who ended up directing something else. And that's why he didn't do this. I forget what else he directed. The Oh, uh, the Hobbit film, apparently.
1: That's Guillermo. Guillermo. That's
0: Guillermo? Oh, he did the Hobbit film?
1: or He was going to, but then he backed out, and that's why uh, they got Peter Jackson back on, at the last minute, and that's why it was terrible, because nobody involved actually cared about the project.
0: There you go. So, yeah, it was Guillermo del Toro. Um, ended up going off to direct The Hobbit. Moppy. B- saved
1: you a comment on the Facebook page.
0: <laughs> I know, right? And uh, so, anyways, this movie's just getting passed around all over the place, but uh, w- luckily... It ended up in Brano's hands and it got accelerated and getting made because of the success of Iron Man. Iron Man really kind of was the linchpin in the Marvel Universe, like being a huge thing like that kind of pushed everything forward.
1: You have just made the biggest understatement in our entire podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was that was really the thing. And then all of a sudden there. Oh, we got we're building a universe and there's going to be all these movies. And, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, because because of Iron Man, you um,
1: but, Are we uh, going to get into How the Dark World Sucked balls
0: Yeah I want to talk about it I didn't watch it Because of what I heard of it Like, So I was maybe thinking About going back and watching Do I have to I don't need to watch To watch Ragnarok to watch it. Do I uh,
1: They brought it uh, They introduced Malekith Who was a real cool villain From the Simonson run but they just—he was just a mook. Like none of the characters, like nothing of value could happen because it was kind of an in-between status quo uh, uh, chapter, in between Avengers entries. It was just Braunau knew it
0: too. He walked away from the project. By the way, Bruno was a big Thor fan growing up. Huh. So he actually was. He he said um, before we move on to the Dark World, he said he was inspired by the comic book world both pictorially and compositionally at once. We've tried to find a way to make a a virtue and a celebration of the distinction between the worlds that exist in the film, but absolutely make them live in the same world. It's about finding the framing style, the color palette, finding the texture and the amount of camera uh, movement that helps celebrate and express the differences and the distinctions in the world. So, you know, I thought it was uh, a really, and I I found that to be really fascinating, jumping between, from Asgard Mm. to Earth, the contrast, the colors, the, you know, and putting it and being like, weird like this is i'm seeing this crazy god world juxtaposed with earth and it's like it actually works somehow uh
1: you know what i think it was a huge part of that effect was uh you know the asgard scenes are just a cgi like landscape you know everything about it is green screen to fuck uh but the uh you know the 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 earth scenes they built a random small town in the middle of a patch of desert and huh. physically blew it up oh wow so like while all this like mythical fantasy stuff is happening In this like off kilter surreality, all the like people getting hurt and all like the humans in terror are like actual pieces of plywood are flying around them.
0: So, also, Kenneth Branagh has Loki, has Tom Hiddleston looking at Peter O'Toole's work in Lion and Winter and Lawrence of Arabia for, like, influences and stuff. And uh, uh, Hiddleston said, Loki's like a comic book version of Edmund and King Lear, but nastier. You know, (laughs) it was all, like, let's take a classically trained approach to this thing. And I think that's why it works so well. It absolutely works. But the dark, awesome, the dark world is... um, I d- okay, first of all, it's directed by Alan Taylor. Now, he has directed episodes of, I don't know, every sex- successful fucking TV- hour-long TV show. He did Lost, I West spend Wing. too much time
1: digging into conspiracy theories about how Jack Kirby invented Thor in the 50s. <laughs> I did not get into movies <laughs> at all.
0: Uh, he did Lost, West Wing, Six Feet Under, Sex and the City, The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, Boardwalk, Empire, Deadwood, and Mad Men. Um Taylor said, in both cases, about the film, in both cases, it's using the conceit of a fantastical alien world to make fresh what is really a domestic drama. In Game of Thrones, seeing Tyrion battle with his sister Cersei, seeing the relationships between children and their fathers, it's all the stuff we're interested in at a psychological level because we're living it all the time. Uh, But it takes place in this otherwise fantastical foreign realm. I think the same thing is true for Thor. The brilliant thing Kenneth Branagh did in launching it was making it very much a story about two brothers, a story about brothers competing for the love of their father. So it's small, confined, and human at the same time. It's this blown-out intergalactic world. But he went for this clearly Game of Thrones influenced look for that Thor movie. It was all dark and, and hard-edged, and it just didn't. It
1: was just now, so out the of the dumbest place. thing. The dumbest thing in the entire movie is the way that Thor kills Malekith. Is um, they introduce this techno McGuffin of these like these spikes. That will like close the dimension portals that Malekith is opening. And um, the final shot is Thor leaping through the air with the spike and he dives it into Malekith's chest. And uses the hammer to nail it in. He literally, there's like, how do you do? What's what's the coolest thing Thor can do with a big hammer? I know, use a big nail. nail. (laughs) It's so dumb. Kat Dennings is cute in it. Yeah, (laughs) she calls me on their mew mew. It's adorable. (laughs) So
0: I couldn't tell you how excited I was when I found out who was directing Thor Ragnarok. Now I think we can both agree we saw the trailer for Ragnarok and got super fucking excited,
1: especially the San Diego Comic Con one. They have Hulk talking. In, like, Hulk-speak, which is, like, a real first. Yeah. Um, they're introducing all these Jack Kirby influences, like, uh, you know, the collector, just the cosmic universe. Again, in the po- I love the poster.
0: It's so vibrant. It's mm-hmm. so, like... It just seems like really exciting, and then ha- and also that Kate Blanchett is the is playing Hello the goddess of death, and she Hello looks the goddess
1: that brought awesome. that brought Thor down to such a low during the Simonson run. Yeah, that like you know you don't use her lightly.
0: Yeah, and it, it doesn't look like they're going to because it's again it's called Ragnarok, which I just said was the, the death whole, of the gods, the death of the gods, like world ending um, myth from from back then. Uh, but the director is uh, this guy Taika uh, Waititi. And he did a movie that I, I, I've actually had a lot of people be like, I watched this movie. I thought it was going to be shit. It was one of the fun, funniest fucking movies mm-hmm. I've seen in a while. He did What We Do in the Shadows, which is this incredibly hilarious, um, it, it's kind of made like Office-style, like like fake documentary style. A mockumentary. A mockumentary, one would say, about vampires. Um, it's got, uh, what's his name, from Flight Germaine. of the Concords? Yeah. And it's so fucking funny. It's like this really, really just great great flick if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows i highly highly suggest it. it's
1: it's just one of those things that you can recommend with like no fear in your heart yeah it's just like if if you haven't heard of it just like it's totally worth it Dude, it's totally funny he
0: also wrote the initial stream screenplay for k crossover moana
1: yeah he uh he actually had to get off the project because he started in talks for thor
0: he said what i want the audience to leave the cinema carrying with them is a sense of joy <laughs> Sometimes I would stop and think, I'm doing a movie that's got Thor and Doctor Strange and the Incredible Hulk and Loki, and every character is so strange and different. Uh, Civil War, I love you. he throws some shade at Civil War. Civil War, it's just humans humans with human problems. Ours is creatures and beings and all these sorts of really different characters, again, displaying human problems, but in outer space or in other worlds. So we got Jeff Goldblum in it. <laughs> Idris Elba.
1: Fucking... R- uh, Mark Ruffalo describes it as a road movie, which I love road movies, <laughs> and it's uh, you know it's it's kind of just unleashing uh, Chris Hemsworth, which uh, my girlfriend claimed is the fourth hottest Chris in the Marvel universe. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just you know you, Chris Pine and Chris Evans like they're just as hot with their shirts off, but they have more personality.
0: It definitely looks like but a t- Chris
1: Hemsworth's got bits. He was yeah. like one of the funniest barths in that uh, Ghostbusters movie that will not unleash a giant <laughs> argument in our comment section. <laughs> Uh, you know he's got a sense Of comic timing Yeah And uh, you know it's It'll be good And to in h- the Avengers
0: He's funny Yeah
1: Like he's really funny And I think when the Marvel Universe Leans on that humor more
0: mm-hmm. With Guardians of the Galaxy The Avengers Like I think when they Really kind of per, uh, Embrace that That comedy uh, It goes a, a long, long Those are like My favorite ones Right Like mm-hmm. Guardians Iron Man Like they're full of riffs They're full of jokes You know And, uh, and alongside the big Crazy otherworldly Fights and everything yeah and I think that that Is is the best like I don't I don't Dark and brooding, especially nowadays, like it just isn't it doesn't work, I don't the think, reason, quite as well. Anymore. I honestly
1: believe the reason why the nineties comics were so dark and brooding is the same reason why grunge was so big, is because the economy was doing great. Like in theory, the America had defeated communism, and like the the more defiant, rebellious, cool thing to do is be like, Okay, I know this is a historically unprecedented amount of prosperity and peace, but shit still sucks, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um
1: and guys, you've been waiting this entire episode and we're wrapping it up. And I just wanted You know We're finally getting back to it Thor and boob circles Woo I desperately wanted to know What, is- what those dumb circles On Thor's weird shirtless Half shirt thing was They're, Norse They're m- orbs Multiple people were suggesting That they were like bucklers Or like uh, circular shields That could deflect blows And serve as armor ah. But then why are they just placed Like, yeah, it's like in cat circles. nipples Yeah yeah uh, Another uh, popular theory Was that Uh Ancient Roman warriors, especially high-ranking ones, would wear medallions across their armor to denote their accomplishments. They were called something like flagerums or something, but they were placed in a completely different order. They were not like they were not arranged properly. I mean, my
0: guess would be that you just you got a bunch of like really nerdy, uh, shy mm. Jewish guys in Manhattan uh, that have to at the same time as like drawing cool fights with big blasts and crazy wars. Be fashion designers for a bunch of these characters. They have to. They have to make. They definitely break up the monotony fashion. of the
1: costume. But hear me out. Uh, Thor wears a pointy winged helmet because he's like Norse and a Viking. But Vikings never wore those kinds of helmets. Yeah. Uh, the only the only source of these winged Viking helmets is the opera. Is what is Wagner. Uh, and so, if you look at old Wagner costuming, if you look at like uh, like if you Google it, if you Google him and search it right now. You will find characters with weird circles ah. over their boobs, and those were all like the Valkyries and the female characters. And so, the motif of like winged helmet, circles on the chest is just like Jack Kirby was like, I don't know, opera, Wagner. <laughs> and so, like, though, it's the only source of, I'm saying, Thor's weird circles are just from like female breast costumes yeah i i'm very inarticulate
0: right now <laughs> well we it's i think it's the point
1: is the source of the circles is boobs
0: <laughs> and i th- i think that that's our our cue to probably wrap this up and say hey thank you so much for listening this has been our episode on thor it was God, this was fun. absolute blast to, to research and i loved uh, doing like the, the some of the reading and the actual uh, issues uh Uh, Pirate uh, comics
1: Pirate comics As often as you can
0: Do it man Go go crazy Especially those old ones No one's like No one's like Screaming for Anyways Uh
1: Write a review and rate us on iTunes. Um, you guys whoa, 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 support- hold in. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You should tell them to write a review and leave a comment on iTunes. Yes,
0: please do that. I'm sorry, I almost forgot. Please write a review and leave a comment on iTunes. Also, um, I don't know, you guys' support has been really crazy. The show's uh, growing and um, it's it's really showing and we're getting a lot of cool opportunities and, and things are moving forward. So I just want to thank you guys for listening to the show and being super active on Facebook and, and just being- uh, the Random
1: compliments on Twitter Are really nice on yeah, a bad day Yeah Especially
0: on a fucking <laughs> shitty day Yeah, to see You know and, and PMs That aren't just Do an episode on Insert <laughs> thing here That a hundred other people Have asked me to do Episodes on But when They're just like Hey I really appreciate What you do It's really kind of awesome And um, and by kind of I mean it's really super awesome and uh I don't know catch me on Twitch I'm streaming all the time now hold Nader's Ho on
1: Twitch uh, you can follow me on Twitter at best Jake Young and also on YouTube go to Dorkley and the Draffe channel where I often appear and make loud noises and
0: anytime it's uh an article is, or uh, just a bunch of uh, pictures are uh, authored by quote unquote Dorkley staff you know for a fact <laughs> that that is definitely Jake Young
1: no there's there's a whole crew no, people. it's always Jake Young There's a whole bunch of people. (laughs) I'm throwing chaff. You can't pin (laughs) this on me. So thank you so much, everybody, and have a good one. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, (laughs) where the booming heavens roar. Press in the chest. You'll behold in grandness and wonder. you say Holden? The god of thunder, (laughs) Mighty Thor. Thor. more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet
1: fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item
1: at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Luxury is meant to
1: be livable.
0: Discover the new leather collection at Ashley. With premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last.